Any fool can make a rule, and any fool will mind it. Henry David Thoreau. The Walking Dead, Season 3, Episode 5. Say the word. What is up, everyone, and welcome back to Feed Don't Want Your Brain. I'm Zach Ballard, and I'm with... Alina Ballard. It's me. It's it's my wife. Again. It's my waifu. So I made a decision, um, and Alina's cool with this, where um, it it was harder, it's harder than I thought it was going to be to get someone to come on every week. I still want to have more guests on. Um, any, any guest is welcome, um, because then they'll bring their experiences to the podcast, and they'll bring their opinions and I really enjoy hearing other people's opinions on things and, and perspectives. So um, that is why I like to do that and bring multiple people on. But everyone has schedules and everyone is an adult and so am I. And well, not everyone is an adult, but... Uh, everyone that you've had on so far yeah, is an adult. Maybe. You should get a kid on here. I should get a kid on here. What? Oh, we I could get did... I could get nieces and nephews on here. But we already did Paranormal. Yeah, Paranorman. Paranorman. Yeah. yeah. And that's like... That's like the only kid zombie show. Yeah. If you guys Although, have... <laughs> what, what? There's this Disney-like show called... What is it? It's not oh, Monsters High. Is it called Zombie? iZombie or something? No, No, I, that's not iZombie. Um, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. And it is... It's so stupid. Hilarious. I could, I could get a kid on for um, maybe Warm Bodies. I, I, I think I could get teenagers on. Teenagers would be good for yeah. Iz- for warm bodies. I, I think I could get teenagers on, but I'm not sure about kids. Maybe, maybe, if you guys, if any listeners know of, like, a kid zombie show, let us know so that we can get some kids on. Because I think that'd be really interesting, like, hearing be. their perspective. That's yeah. a good idea. I feel so bad that we already did Paranorman now. You wanted to be in it so bad. I know, because I love that movie, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna search. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, so... Me and Alina live in the same house, and even though uh, right now I got a new job and we have a hard time seeing each other, it's a lot easier to um, record an episode when I'm not able to get with anyone the week uh, that I need an episode. So um, so if I can't find anyone um, and I'm able to record with Alina, then Alina will be my guest for episodes. But I'll, I'll still get other guests on and stuff. So, um, uh, Alina, what did yes. you think about this last episode? I thought it was really interesting, mm-hmm. um, and there were a lot of good moments that I liked from it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I thought it was interesting um, how there's sort of this this push and pull between Michonne and Andrea, mm-hmm. um, and and the governor mentions so often that like rules are what like keep people in line, and like if we didn't have these rules, then people would devolve into anarchy. And, um... Which I think is kind of true. Yeah, well, like, I I do think that if you have too many rules and you take too many rights away, the people are going to revolt and there will be anarchy anyway. I feel like when it comes to rules, rules should be there to protect your rights, yeah. not take them away. Yeah, like, we have a rule that murder is illegal, and because if you kill someone, then you're taking that person's right to life. Yeah. You know, and, and it should be there to protect you. The minute rules are there and they take away your rights, I think that's when things get a little iffy. Yeah. Um, I think. And, and I mean, I've talked about this a little bit in previous episodes, but Andrea is okay 
with more rules because she's safe, but Michonne is able to take care of herself, so she's not okay mm -hmm. with all these rules because she doesn't need anyone to keep her safe. That That's a good point. I, I wonder how often that situation is happening on an adult level, because I can definitely see that on a kid level. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes I see my um, older sisters and all... Uh, not so much with Ben, because he only has one kid. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely with my older sisters, with all their kids around, mm -hmm. um, they'll make a rule, be like, hey, stop doing that. Um, because it's dangerous for the littler kids. Mm -hmm. But because the littler kids are watching the older kids do it, the older kids can't do it either. Yeah. Um, even though yeah. the older kids would be fine would be safe doing it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it. I haven't noticed that before, but that's interesting because, like, with with our older nieces and nephews, I think, you know, like, they would be safe cutting a vegetable mm -hmm. and stuff with a knife, but our younger ones would not be. Yeah. But I don't think you should... You should make that a hard and fast rule for all your kids. Yeah. Well, it's usually just in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Things, uh, like, let's say the oldest is climbing a tree and then mm -hmm. uh, swinging off of a branch onto the ground. Um, and one of the younger ones keeps trying it. Uh, their mom, my sister, might be, okay, no one is playing on the tree mm -hmm. right now. So I I think in a, on an adult level, on a societal level, that sometimes happens in states of emergency. Yeah. But if it is happening consistently just because mm -hmm. that's when people start to lose their patience. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that you mentioned like rules come up in states of emergency. Cause like, especially with COVID, like, um, and with, with, um, the protests that were happening that summer, like there was a lot of r new rules made in cities, yeah. like curfews and stuff and, and different things like wearing masks and getting vaccinated if you're going into different places. And like, there were so many new rules created because it was a state of emergency. Yeah. And, um, and, and did you see people like the longer the rules were in place, the more they started to lose their patience? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause a lot of people thought that it was going to be over really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, but it wasn't, it was a two year ordeal. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, I think about like, like, in keeping a job, like, there sometimes are rules that you need to follow that you don't necessarily agree with because to keep to keep your job. Mm -hmm. And you have to, otherwise, because you need money to live. And you have to, and it's it's so fascinating, the, the kind of rules that, by principle, we don't agree with and we don't like, and we wouldn't want to obey, but in order to stay alive and to stay safe, we, we, we obey those rules anyway. Can you... Think of an example. What? What? Well, I mean, like there, there's like at some places that you work at, there's rules that like you can't use your phone, right? Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I think a lot of people disagree with those rules, but they they would follow them anyway because um, because it helps them keep their job and helps them you know like stay employed. Okay, I can um, agree with that. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's it's stuff like that that people don't necessarily agree with, but they. They keep so that they can stay safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I wanted to talk about how, um, speaking of rules, like, um, Glenn mentioning that he wishes that they just killed all the prisoners, even though the two prisoners helped out a lot in the last episode. Yeah. Um, 
and and they because they they kept the prisoners alive because they had this unspoken rule that like you don't kill innocent people well they um, weren't innocent i think they kind of have a rule that unless their lives are in immediate danger they don't want to kill non-zombies well i mean no one's innocent but the two that that they kept alive were innocent to the group. Does that make sense? They didn't do anything wrong to the group. Yeah, because I think that even though they've all done horrible things since the apocalypse started, mm -hmm. they probably still have that mindset of they're in prison because they're dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, um... Like, Glenn wishes that they killed the prisoners, even though I don't think that would have been the right thing to do, but even though if they made sure that that other prisoner was dead, then that wouldn't have happened. And so Glenn, Glenn is, Glenn is looking through a scope of, we should have killed all the prisoners, when that wouldn't have necessarily been the right thing to do. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I think Glenn is going through a phase of being very pessimistic, mm -hmm. Um, cause usually he, usually he stays pretty human mm -hmm. and I feel like since, um, Dale has died, mm -hmm. like Glenn has kind of become the most human, most empathetic of them. Mm -hmm. and, well, he was always the most empathetic. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think right now he's going through a phase of, um, pessimism mm -hmm. and wanting to keep only those closest to him. Um, around. Mm -hmm. And I, I do love the ebb and flows of people's personalities shifting. Yeah. Depending on what happens to them in this series. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, like, yeah, they, if, if they would have just killed all the prisoners, then they would have broken, like, basically their rule that you don't kill innocent people. Um, but then that would have kept them safe. And I just thought that was, that was an interesting take yeah. that I noticed. Um, let's talk about grief for a little bit. Because... We see Rick grieving and we see the governor grieving, but they are handling it in two completely different ways. Yeah. Rick is I... just going ape <sighs> in the prison and killing yeah. walkers. And then the governor is brushing his walker daughter's hair. It was so sad. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's really interesting that at the beginning of the episode, they wanted to basically parallel mm -hmm. Rick and the governor mm -hmm. when it comes to them reacting not so much to their daughters, um, but I guess the loss of a yeah. loved one. Yeah. And it made me think, because um, they both have different ways of grieving. Mm -hmm. The governor's is very sweet and less violent, and Rick's way of grieving is very violent. Yeah. Um, but the governor actively hurts people, and Rick does not. Yeah. So, do you think that it is important to get violence out and anger out um, away from other people? So that you're not violent with other people, or or is it better to, um, to like, try to stay calm and not be violent ever, but then your violence comes out anyway, on innocent people. Well, definitely the first option. Mm -hmm. You don't want your violent coming out on innocent people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I actually had the thought after we watched the show, because at first, I w I was thinking about what if it was our situation. Mm -hmm. Um. And I had just died giving childbirth and you were off just going insane, you know, like mm -hmm. killing a bunch of walkers. Mm -hmm. 
And it upset me because he was ignoring his daughter. Mm -hmm. And he, like, the daughter, he never even held her. Mm -hmm. Did he? No. I don't, yeah. No, he went straight into the prison. Yeah. So he left his daughter to be someone else's responsibility, which, shout out to Daryl mm -hmm. for not even giving it a second thought mm -hmm. um, when... To go get supplies? To go, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, all... I love Daryl. All the, um, oh, who's the old farmer guy? The dad. Herschel. Herschel. All Herschel had to say is, she'll need formula. And Daryl is, like, already on his motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, I'm taking Maggie and Glenn. <laughs> yeah, he's he, like, wait, I only have two seats. I'm taking Maggie. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, he, <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't know where he's going. No. He, who, how? He's like, I just. Knowing what, mm -hmm. like, background he comes from so far, he might not even know what formula looks like. Mm -hmm. Like, what kind of package to look for. I think that's why for. he chose Maggie, because he's like, wait a minute. Yeah, so. I love Daryl so much. It was, like, shout out to him, because he took that he took responsibility for that little baby's life mm -hmm. so willingly upon him. Yeah. Um, and I love the little moment where they're thinking about what to name her. And then yeah. he's like little ass kicker. That's so cute. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, going back to, uh, Rick, mm -hmm. Rick left his daughter's life just in someone else's responsibility. Mm -hmm. Thoughtlessly. He just went in and was letting out all this anger and aggression and this grief. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I imagined it as you doing that to our non-existent newborn, newborn baby girl, mm -hmm. um, I got really mad. I'm like, no, you should be there. Like, making sure that she's cared for, like, letting her see you and getting to know her. Um, but like, Rick is... Uh, but, um, Go ahead. Okay. Um, but then I realized, I'm like, this is something that he needs to get out of his system. Mm -hmm. Because what if he's holding that new baby and ends up hurting her? Blames it on like, her. Yeah, like, uh, not meaning to, but just with all that grief, ends up hurting her. Some dads do blame, like, the death, like, actually blame the death of their, like, wives uh -huh. on the newborn baby. Yeah. And, like, they associate that with, with them. And, like, and it makes me think of, like, video games. How people will say that, like, violent video games make people violent. Mm -hmm. But the but like there's no like correlation that like violent video games make people violent like there's no like actual evidence that that's the case yeah and and i i actually find that like whenever i play um violent video games or watch something violent like i feel less violent because it's like like the violence gets out of my system yeah you know even if, even if it's not as physical, mm -hmm. it's still that build of adrenaline mm -hmm. and then a release afterwards. Yeah. So after I thought about it that way, I, I realized that I was okay with what Rick was doing, mm -hmm. but then I wasn't okay when he pushed, uh, Glenn mm -hmm. because Glenn was trying to help him. Glenn was trying to be like, give him space, but also try to help him. And Rick just pushed him away. Yeah. And that's where I thought Rick was in the wrong. Yeah. Which, not saying that doesn't happen. That happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Where we're angry and we end up taking it out on people that, and then we don't mean to or then we mm -hmm. regret it later. Well, I, I think, you know, when you're in that state, you, it, it almost feels like euphoric to be angry and to be, yeah. like, so mad at mm -hmm. everything. And I don't think Rick was ready to be 
um, happy again. He wasn't yeah. ready to be okay again. He, um, and like, if I were Glenn, I would have kept my distance because obviously he's not like, like Rick had an axe with him as well. Yeah. But like, obviously but he's not in like a good mental state. And Rick, Rick was wrong for like pushing Glenn mm -hmm. up against the wall. But I like there there comes moments where I think like, um, you know, you need to, you you need that time to like grieve and let your anger out. Yeah, but I, um, I don't know if you would have kept your distance if you were Glenn, because mm -hmm. with you and I, um, I feel like it hurts, it hurts the other so much when we're mad or sad or upset in any way mm -hmm. that we just so quickly want to comfort the other person. We so quickly mm -hmm. want to get the other person out of that place Yeah, that, um, sometimes, sometimes it's hard for us to let each other just be angry or just mm -hmm. be sad. Sometimes yeah. we have, sometimes I have to tell you and sometimes you have to tell me like, let me be sad for a little bit longer because mm -hmm. I'm not ready. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a different relationship with you than I would have with, like, my guy friends, so I guess it would be different. Mm -hmm. If you were on a killing spree with lockers <laughs> in the prison, I'd probably, like, want to, like, physically, like, stop you yeah. or, like, physically comfort you. But if it was one of my friends, I might act differently. Yeah. Um, but with... Yeah. And I guess we don't know how Glenn views Rick. Like, maybe mm -hmm. Rick has saved Glenn or they've created such a strong bond that... Rick, uh, Glenn sees Rick more like a brother or more, yeah. more like a father figure than he does just one of his guy friends. Yeah, well, like, Glenn, Rick, and Daryl end up having, like, some of the best friendship ever in the series because oh, cool. they've always been, like, so close to each other and, like, they've always had each other's back, so... Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, one last thing I wanted to add is, because you were saying which is better, mm -hmm. um, Rick's method for grieving or the governor's, um, I... I don't think, okay, give me a second how I want to word this. For, for where Rick is, it's okay what he's doing, mm -hmm. but, and it, and it's okay to an extent, a certain extent, I think, um, to let out anger and grief in a physical way. Mm -hmm. But if you are going around punching walls in your own home or, you know, breaking plates and stuff, like, that. that's not okay. There are more constructive um, or less dangerous ways to release anger. Like, I remember hearing about um, a mom who would give her son um, a pail of nails and a hammer, mm -hmm. and he had this post in the backyard that was called his angry post, uh -huh. and if he got mad at his sister, instead of punching his sister, um, he would take this pail of nails and this hammer, and he would just hammer these nails <laughs> in this post over and over. Um, yeah, well, I remember in a time where I was very angry at everything, I got, like, a punching bag uh -huh. and, like, boxing yeah. gloves, and I just, like, whenever I got angry, I would just go down blast music and just hit it you yeah. know um and i i do think like you need to when you're releasing anger you need to separate yourself from everyone else mm -hmm. because the minute like because then you're involving you're involving other people in your toxicity yeah and that isn't okay like whenever people blow up or whenever people like release their anger in front of like it makes everyone scared and it makes everyone uncomfortable yeah because 
like if if they are releasing their anger in front of everyone then that shows everyone else that like they do not know how to control their anger and they might actually hurt someone yeah i agree with that 100 percent because we are people we mm -hmm. aren't animals mm -hmm. i i will disagree with anyone that's all like we're just animals at our core no we're human beings mm -hmm. there's obviously a reason why we're different from animals and part of that or a responsibility of that is we don't get to release our anger in uncontrolled violent ways we mm -hmm. have a responsibility of even if we're choosing to release our anger mm -hmm. in a physical way it still needs to be in a controlled manner whether yeah. it's a punching bag hammering a post punching a pillow mm -hmm. there needs playing to, video games play, like there still anything. needs to be um a controlled way yeah. that we do it yeah and not involving like you can tell people i'm angry right now i need some space yeah. but then not involving people in in what you do to control it if you if you are feeling yourself getting scary yeah. you know because like everyone has that that angry scary side of them mm -hmm. that um well i mean um it so recently i had a um fight partner in a show and one rehearsal they snapped and like started yelling and that moment i immediately felt unsafe like we weren't even close to doing the fight we weren't even like close to um we weren't even talking about the fight but because this person showed that they couldn't control their anger in a professional setting i immediately felt unsafe fighting them yeah. later on because i was like like you could just snap and and accidentally hurt me yeah. you know and yeah i do think it needs to be definitely controlled um yeah. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Alina just did a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, um, but, but back, back to like the governor, I don't think the governor is releasing his anger at all until he loses it. Yeah. He's, he's releasing it in unhealthy ways yeah. that involves other people negatively. And I also think because he's holding on to his daughter, mm -hmm. he's not let it he's not he's not letting go he's not allowing himself to grieve in a mm -hmm. way that he needs to grieve mm -hmm. it's almost like he is in denial yeah yeah and and rick did separate himself from everyone else mm -hmm. like rick recognized i gotta go because yeah. i'm not in a good space to be around people right now and especially around my my daughter and my son yeah and and yeah that's the difference i think um are we are, gonna see uh carl see how he grieves i think a little bit yeah i don't really remember a lot because i from what happened i'm worried that carl is not going to allow himself to grieve because now he feels like after seeing how his dad reacted i'm worried that in a child's brain he's gonna see that as i need to be the adult now and i need to take care of my little sister and i need to take care of my dad Carl's whole thing is growing up too quickly. Yeah. So I guess you'll have to see. Thanks. Yep. Um, all right. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the other things that happened in the episode, like having a party when resources are low. They have the, uh, the doctor has this argument with the governor and Merle about, um, Merle. yeah, about, um, what? I, I think Merle is such an interesting character. Mm -hmm. I think he's a foot. Yeah. But, um, 
the governor and Murrow are like, no, we got a party. And the doctor's like, we don't have the resources to. Like, we need to save our resources. Yeah. And it made me think, like, I love parties, but after being an adult, I hate, like, I, I, I don't hate hosting parties, but, like, it's sort of like a drain hosting parties because you are spending so much money yeah. and time, like, getting the party up. And, and then it's, it's just over. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so just like a quick lived. flame. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I, I want to know like your thoughts on like, I mean, I think parties are worth it and I think parties are worth it in general to have the experience with, with loved ones. But I mean, just like, what are your thoughts on like, um, cause I also do think you can party too much. Oh yeah. Definitely. Um, but yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I think using partying as a way to release stress, mm -hmm. Um, even in a zombie apocalypse is totally appropriate yeah. and mm -hmm. can do I a agree. lot of good. Um, when it comes to the resources, a lot of what they did seemed unnecessary, mm -hmm. like all the lights being turned on at night, the, did they have music or was that soundtrack? I think they had music. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't tell whether the music was something they were supposed to be no, hearing or they just had, us. They had music, I think. Um, so yeah, like, like having all the lights on mm -hmm. at night blasting music mm, probably not the safest wisest option yeah, i feel well, Andrea like mentions it's really loud yeah mm -hmm. like there there are less um boisterous ways yeah. to party mm -hmm. you know like um i don't know there there's a bunch of examples yeah. they could have held you know like an old-fashioned barn dance mm -hmm. um they could have played yard games mm -hmm. um other stuff than, you know, a gladiator fight. Well, here's the thing. Does the gladiator fight release their aggression and their violence tendencies? Okay. Here, <laughs> here's the thing, because I've thought a lot about the gladiator fight. Mm -hmm. Are we ready to move to the gladiator fight? Um, let me let me talk on one thing. I do, like, I, I agree with you that, like, the partying, like, is necessary so that they feel like a community. Like, partying does a lot of things, a lot of good for a lot of people. Yeah. But I think if they were doing that every night, it would be detrimental to their survival what about once a week i mean or once a I, I guess it depends on the scale of the party yeah probably once a week doing that i don't think so but like once a week like maybe having a get together i don't think that would be bad yeah i don't i don't even think like if if different groups like a citywide party is different from like a get together yeah you know so but they also have a curfew so they can't really have get togethers yeah um, but yeah, now I'm ready to move on to Gladiator Fight. Okay. So Gladiator Fight, just a quick breakdown. It's, they take, they capture these zombies, mm -hmm. uh, these walkers, remove all their teeth, chain them as a perimeter mm -hmm. in like a circle, and then two, um, men, you know, fight mm -hmm. with these zombie, these walkers at the edge. Mm -hmm. Um, when I first saw that, I thought it was very barbaric, mm -hmm. um, but I also hadn't made the connection that those zombies were uh, toothless yet. Mm -hmm. I thought that they had their teeth, and I thought that it was literally going to be a gladiator fight, and that it was going to be the, to the death. Mm -hmm. Like, either they kill each other, or one man kills the other in the ring, or he pushes him outside of the perimeter, mm -hmm. and he gets eaten by zombies. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought was going to happen. And I was not okay with it. But um, surprisingly, I I changed my thoughts after I realized that it was staged. Mm -hmm. That um, Merle and the other guy weren't actually in danger. Like that it was, it was a lot more for show. It was a 
a lot more like pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. Um, which I, I actually surprised myself that it didn't bother me anymore because I am, I don't like, um, fighting that much mm -hmm. just in general. Um, <laughs> didn't I tell you this morning that I just want to fight people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like, it, it's so weird. I generally don't like just fighting, mm -hmm. but if it's performance fighting, I actually get a kick out of what it. What if it's like a sport? Yeah. Like, like if it's a, mm -hmm. if it's a sport, if it's, you know, like able bodied people mm -hmm. that are willingly kicking and punching each other, I'm actually kind of okay with it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I, I enjoy the roughness of hockey. I enjoy boxing well, if it's and like, wrestling. Well, if it's like a consensual thing and it's not like no one is fighting to the death, no one is, like, in actual real danger, like, if there's facilitators there yeah. um, helping out, then it, it's, like, safe. Well, it's Ish. safer than, like, actually, like, yeah. fighting to the death, you know? And I, like... Pro wrestling, what what is it called? Well, it's the like, WWE. I used to give it a lot of crap uh -huh. for like staging fights, but it's I've, so I've, fun though. But it's so funny, and it's, it's so funny like the different things that they do. It's insane. It's out there. Mm -hmm. Like what they say to each other is so <laughs> cheesy. Yeah, it's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and so after I viewed it like that, I was like, okay, I'm actually okay with the gladiator fight. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think I I have a very thin line. With when it comes to using the walkers as entertainment, mm -hmm. in that one I was pretty okay because they were just they were just kind of there, mm -hmm. you know. Um, they had had their teeth ripped out. I don't know. I don't think they really feel any pain. No, they. Well, we um, don't know. We don't know. But they're dead. But, but they don't act like they do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they were just kind of there, and so I was okay with them being used as like a oh like raising the stakes mm -hmm. but in i don't know how much we'll see it in this in this walking dead series but in the walking dead games by telltale games mm -hmm. there are some opportunities where you do get to like you can make the choice to uh entertain yourself by mutilating the zombies yeah and i that i don't agree with well it's like once you get into that, then if a person enjoys mutilating and, like, carving up zombies, then they would enjoy it with alive people, you know? It gets to that point where it's, like, that line is is very scary for a person to be on, you yeah. know? So that, um, I mean, I, un I understand Andrea, like, her discomfort with it 100%, totally, mm -hmm. um... Well, I mean, and there's some people that don't like pro wrestling, and they don't that's like true. they don't and like they don't like the violence of hockey or mm -hmm. football, and that's um, okay. Yeah, I mean, but like I, I mean, I, I told Lena this morning that I want to fight people because I I love stage combat and I love like different weaponry and like swordplay and stuff, and like I what I meant by that was just like I love the art and the skill, and like. It's like a game. Like, when you're fighting someone, especially when you're, like, sword fighting someone, uh, it's like a game of, like, can I best you mm -hmm. in strength and can I best you in, like, dexterity. Yeah. It's just super cool and, like, um, and some people don't like it as much. And, like, I, I remember I was in my stage combat class 
and I felt like I was the only one that was like actually enjoying myself. Cause oh, really? every, yeah. Well, like the rest of my cohort were like, I just feel uncomfy, like even pretend hitting people. And I'm like, bro, I will pretend slap you all day, every day. And I want you to pretend slap me all day, every day, you yeah. know, like it's so fun. And I love, I love choreographing fights because they just look cool and yeah. it's cool to like be in a fight, but like, you're not actually hurting anyone. Yeah. It feels cool and like euphoric to me. So it, it just, it just depends on your personality, I guess. And yeah. And I, I don't think one is better than the other. It really is mm -hmm. just your preference. Again, it goes back to as long as they are both able body. And when I say that, I mean, um, like one isn't obviously superior than the yeah. other. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's not like you're going to go around kicking. Well, it's like peanut butter Falcon uh, yeah. where he wrestles the, the, bigger, older, able-bodied man. Yeah. And he freaking is awful. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what I meant mm -hmm. by that. Um, and, and you're both willing. Totally. Yeah. 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 One, once it gets out of that, once mm -hmm. one is obviously going to hurt the other because they're oversized, overstrained, like mm -hmm. compared to the other one, or once it, once it moves out of that category mm -hmm. where one person is obviously going to overpower the other person or one of the people is doing it against their will, mm -hmm. that's or, when it's not okay. I mean, skill also has a factor in it. Like, if one is more skilled than the other and they're both fighting full out, like, it'd be like, you know, it's like an adult fighting a kid. Yeah. Like, obviously, the adult isn't going, like, unless they're an awful person, they're not going to go full strength. Yeah. You know, like, I play wrestle with my nieces and nephews all the time. But you also won't let them beat you. Like, Here's the thing. You'll let them. I don't. I don't. I don't let them beat me. But I'm also not like I'm doing five percent strength. Yeah. You know? You'll let. <laughs> you'll let them get you on the ground, uh -huh. but you will never let them like actually. It's pin good. You. It's good storytelling because I let them think that they're gonna win, but then I don't let them win. But I don't Except... beat them. I don't beat them. I just <laughs> don't let them win. I don't let myself you... win either. Do you not forget the arm wrestling challenges we had? With our with um your your side of the family, our nephews that one Sunday. I vaguely okay, remember. Okay, okay, listeners, let me tell you. Oh my god. We gosh. so we were over for a Sunday family dinner with Zach's side of the family, and we had all these nephews around us, and they wanted to arm wrestle, and so I got down and I let them win <laughs> seventy five percent of the time. Literally, like three out of four times. I would let them win, and so they didn't get bored, I I would win. Mm -hmm. And Zach comes in, and he's like, I want to arm wrestle, <laughs> and he beats them listen, over and over listen, and over. I see, I see, like, that we both have important roles to play, okay? Okay. Your role is to, is to, like, let them believe that they can do hard things, right? Okay. My role is to give them the drive... <laughs> <laughs> to want to beat me and to train to to and get stronger so that they can beat hard things. So like and both are really important and valid. Until right? until this little four year old stands up, brushes off his little cargo shorts and says, Aunt Lena, you're really weak and then runs away. Did they do that? <laughs> what? Yeah <laughs> I didn't know that. Listen. Wait. But but you let them beat you. I did. So that's your fault 
for... No! That's it, your fault for letting them beat you. No, it's because then you came in <laughs> and we're the same age. We're not the same, like, strength, though, or size. But we can both be a four-year-old to yeah. the ground. Yeah, that's true. And you did. <laughs> I did not beat that... Hold on. I did not beat them to the ground. I beat them in an arm wrestling. And also, I didn't just, like, cream them. I let them, I let them, you know... Like, go down, like, I let them freaking push my hand down, and then I went, uh, it was an ebb and flow. I didn't make them feel completely useless and weak. We both have different yeah. roles to play. Okay. Yours is to uplift, and mine is to drive <laughs> them. <laughs> I thought, I thought you were gonna say, <laughs> yours is to lift, like, build them up, and, <laughs> and mine, mine is, is to, to push tear them down. Them down. <laughs> no, I, I think both are Stay really humble. important. Because, because if you give them everything, then they're gonna think everything's gonna be handed to them, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, they need to learn. They need to learn. They need to learn. All right. So, um, you, you mentioned the doctor duct taping his arms, which like oh, yeah. we have been saying all along and yeah. he's the only one that has ever done it. He was the only smart guy. And he almost got bit, but he didn't get bit because of the duct tape. But also, yeah, I, I said this while we were watching it. The doctor, when they were collecting the trapped zombies for the fight, mm -hmm. he was the only one with duct taped arms. But he was also the least experienced True. in gathering zombies. True. It's kind of like um, when you first... I, I don't know. In a zombie apocalypse, I would have my arms and legs duct taped 24 Because accidents happen. Because accidents happen. But I understand Merle and the other guy's mindset with, like, we've done this before. We know the drill. I Like, we can handle it. It's kind of mm -hmm. like you start out with all of these knee pads and elbow pads and helmets mm -hmm. and braces when you first start learning to skateboard mm -hmm. and then you slowly lose them and maybe you maybe you wear a helmet yeah i think you should always wear a helmet to be honest but once you be once you get down but helmets are for nerds alina oh my goodness don't <laughs> don't say that canceled canceled i have the canceled stickers you don't have the canceled stickers um but no i for, because it's an apocalypse and these walkers will kill you, yeah. I think it was dumb-dumb that they were playing around and yeah. not treating it seriously. But at the same time, I understand the doctor having less experience and yeah. doing that extra effort and them thinking, I know how this is going to go down. I'm safe. Yeah. Well, like, I, I also think, like, the minute you get cocky is the minute, like, you lose. Yeah. Like... It, it, and it's so psychological, too. Because the minute you think you're better than everything and everyone around you, like, that that's when you stop growing and that's when you stop focusing. I, I, w I remember I was playing a church ball game and we were creaming the other side. We were absolutely demolishing them. Uh -huh. And they won the game. Because really? halfway through, you got we got cocky. And then they used that and, like, and then they made a few points and we started losing our confidence, losing our cockiness, and they started building up their confidence. Dang. It's it's all mentality. Dang. Most of it is mentality. That is a tale as told as told as time. As told as, as time. That is a tale as old as time. <laughs> yep. Use that version. Mm -hmm. Use that one. I'm gonna keep both of them in no. there. Yep. Um but yeah, I think I talked about everything I wanted to talk about. Do you have anything else you wanna add? I don't think yeah, I'm good. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, listeners, we'll be right back with the moral dilemma.
we're back. All right, Alina, here's your moral dilemma. Okay. Who is the most responsible for the fight? The person that facilitates the fight or the person that is fighting? The people that are fighting. The people that are fighting. What do you what do you facilitate? So like the governor is facilitating the fight between Merle and the other guy. But Merle oh. and the other guy are like Okay. So in another in another way is like is is I guess the president of the United States responsible for, for war action or are the soldiers or like it could be okay. anything. It okay. could, yeah. Never mind, I changed my answer. It's the is that the right word? Facilitator? Facil facilitator, yeah. Okay. Well, I get, I, for some reason when you said that, I was picturing more like a referee. Because mm -hmm. um, I'm like, the referee is just blowing his whistle to start them. No, the, the facilitator. Mm -hmm. um, like, the, they can be willing to fight, but like, it's the one who organizes it, sets it up, mm -hmm. uh, juries in the fighters. Like, they're the ones responsible. Mm hmm even if even if the other people are like willing to fight, and yeah, want to fight? yeah. If they're okay. willing to fight, like they're, it, they're still not the ones that like organize the fight. Are they responsible for? Are the facilitators responsible for any in injuries that happen? Um. Yeah. If they didn't properly, um, what's the word? If they didn't put safety measures in place mm -hmm. and they got hurt during the fight that they organized, yeah, I, I think it's their fault. Okay. Unless they they did put in safety measures and they put in rules like the, the fighters disobeyed the rules. And the fighters disobeyed the rules. Yeah. Like they did an illegal move or they broke the bounds in which the fight were set, then it's mm -hmm. that fighter's fault. Okay. Cool. So. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, well. Thanks, thanks, guys, for listening to another episode of Feed Them With Your Brain. Um, Alina's doing a creepy little no, smile. Sorry, yeah, you are. Thanks for listening. Yep. Um, I don't have it on the on the housekeeping stuff, but follow Alina on Instagram. Yeah. She makes a lot of pretty art, and she's really talented. And yeah, she made the art for this. So, I did. I, mean, I illustrated that bad mm -hmm, boy. That bad boy. All right, well, thanks to you guys for listening. Please stay safe and stay sane, and have a good time. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Feed Don't Your Brain. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Feed Don't Your Brain. You can also follow us on Twitter at Zacky the Zombie. Also, feel free to email us with any questions, comments, or concerns at FeedDon'tYourBrain at gmail.com. You can also follow Fortune Horseman on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can donate to our Patreon page called Feed Don't Your Brain on Patreon. Thank you all for listening, and stay safe, and stay sane.